0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How are you doing this Thursday morning, Jay? Doing well, thank you. I'm caffeinated. It's a good day. Caffeinated, ready to go, start it all up again. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, you know it's funny we said this last week because last week's show was phenomenal i hope everybody had a chance to listen to our show talking about sync licensing with uh jess last week it's a must listen this one right on the coattails is going to be as crucial for everybody to listen especially if you're a touring artist or hope to be a touring artist Um, So, before we get to this episode, let me just do a quick shout out to HypeBot.com and Bands in Town for all the support you lend to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Thank you, Bruce. And, of course, to our sponsors, uh, Bandzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. BandZoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools, social media integrations and of course amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week so we got a great little offer to extend to all of our listeners out there head over to bandzoogle.com sign up try it for free for 30 days and then when you check out use the promo code this is all one word music biz weekly the promo code music biz weekly and you will save 15% off the first year of any subscription. Um, And then of course, discmakers.com, thank you very much. We know it's a digital world, and there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, t-shirts online and at gigs when they return has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, use the promo code FREEBiz, all one word, FreeBiz, and you will save up to $150 in shipping. So show some love to bandzoogle.com and discmakers.com. Absolutely. So this week, uh, it's a returning guest this week. Um if you haven't checked it out, and this mightn't be a nice like bookend episode, go back to I don't should have done some show prep here, but late march we had uh, dean from the paramore group sit down with us and talk about dean's a booking agent books artists worldwide big and small and he was talking to us last march about what is happening to the industry not even one month into the covid shutdown yeah right at the start right as it started so we have dean back today to basically look back what seven months later and give us a state of the touring industry as it stands today what does it look like for the rest of 2020 what does it look like for 2021 and I hate to say this but what is 2022 looking yeah. like um things a lot has changed since we had dean on in march He brings us this insight because he attended the annual IEBA convention, virtual convention this year. Usually it's a real convention where agents and buyers and venues and everybody get together and, you know, it's their industry convention happens online this year. He attended it and he provided an incredible amount of insight and detail as to the takeaways that, our industry is seeing, which is I think really important for everybody to keep in mind. This isn't what governments are saying. This isn't what fans are saying. This is what our industry—the people who book the shows, the venues who put the shows on, the promoters—these right. are the the people in the know. In right? the know. I, w- I went to this last dealing year. Dealing right? with it. Yeah. 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 What are they seeing? And it might not be what you want to hear, but it's the reality. And I think it's very important for every musician, especially if you are touring, hope to be touring, or wondering right. when you can do shows again. Um, he gets right to the point and lays it all out for us. So just let it roll. It's about an hour long. Dean from the Paramore Group.
1: Build a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any
0: subscription. Everybody, so I want to welcome Dean back. This is your second appearance on the Music Biz Weekly. uh, It's kind of interesting because we first had you on March, basically when shit hit the fan so to speak literally and you know it was like okay dean what's going on out there at the front end of all this what are we seeing happening and and um i'm friends with dean and about a week ago um you were attending the international talent buyers association virtual conference and you sent uh, an email out to myself and a few other people that that you're friends with with your recap and it was a Fantastic recap of where things stand in the touring live show area of the music business. I thought it would be good to get you back on to give us an update as to what is the industry themselves, the people like you who are actually having to book shows, cancel shows, move shows, tours, the whole thing. What are you guys dealing with and seeing? Because... The reality is you are as front line as it's going to get when it comes to this touring. You're the ones that are on the phone talking to bands, talking to to venues, talking to everybody. How's this going to happen? So I'd love to just have you kind of give us an update on your takeaway from um, the IEBA conference.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be back again. Uh, it, it was, uh, quite a, uh, fascinating, uh, event. I had no idea what the, um, a virtual conference would be because normally it's a smooth fest. You have all the talent buyers and agents, uh, and managers from all around the world convene at one spot. So, it's to meet people, rub elbows. Uh, Certain people actually show up, like the performing arts centers will show up with their calendars and they'll just sit down with the agents and they'll just fill it in, uh, fill their calendars. So, uh, I had no idea how they were going to pull that off. Along with the Smooth Fest, you have panels where. They have education sessions or talks on different topics in the state of the industry. So the virtual conference was basically the panels, but the panels were excellent, um, and they ran the gauntlet. I mean, uh, first one was... Uh, uh club buyers in uh, like the five hundred to thousand capacity market yep. uh one was attorneys and insurance brokers talking about new terms and conditions uh that we can expect to see in our contracts. One was talent buyers and promoters um um from all over the world that were on the arena and stadium level and you had people from Australia, Germany, France, Sweden, uh, uh, South America, North America and the UK. Um, You had a festival Promoters' power panel, and you had a women's power panel talking about uh, uh, racial and and. Um, gender diversity in the industry so yes it was a <clears throat> interesting two days there were other ones they had one on a casino uh, buyers market and uh, a few other things like that but I, I they're all some of them are at the same time so you kind of got to pick
0: and you gotta choose. pick and choose well <laughs> let's let, let, let's start off with you know right off the top in your email it was like here's the state of touring because I think at At the core, that's what all of the listeners and viewers out there want to know. What is uh, October 21st, 2020? What does the state of touring look like right now?
2: Uh, The general consensus is that any acts uh, 1,000 capacity or better Uh, We'll probably not be touring to the fall of 2021. Um, The festivals are already done. All they did was take the 2020 festivals, move them all back into 2021, and they're just waiting to see what's happening. I, I found it interesting that nobody talked about the summer, uh, other than the fact that the festivals uh, uh, are in place, anything that is booked between June and December next year already has a backup plan in place um, uh, yeah, for fallback positions. Uh, well, so
0: so so then let me ask you because and 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 we'll just kind of touch on the big big international tours and arena shows, because I want to focus more on the, the smaller venues. But it seemed like when everything shut down in March, everybody was waiting around. And then they finally have moved most of those tours to spring, summer of 2021. So... Are you saying the general feeling is that even those big tours that were moved to the spring, summer of next year are probably going to be bumped again?
2: Yes. I I don't see anybody, uh, a lot of bigger people like somebody like the Eagles or Elton John, they didn't even go for the spring or summer. They all went for the fall and some of them went, like I think Elton went for like December, November, December, January. And, and,
0: and what, what's the, what was your takeaway on the confidence level that it will happen in the fall? I mean, if you were to sit here and go 50-50, 60% chance, 70% chance, what do you think fall tours in 2021 are likely to happen?
2: Probably 60 to 70% I I feel a lot more comfortable than uh, the fall than I do the summer. I mean uh, right now I'm canceling my spring tour moving it into the fall or 2022 depending on what I can do Um, and uh, hoping like hell that my summer. Uh, holds. My spring was in 1,000 to 2,000 seat sold out venues in Florida and Chicago. I knew that wasn't going to happen for months, but it finally officially started falling apart when people wanted to move. And some of these, second or third time I've moved the date, and they're sold out shows, 1,900 seat sold sold out shows. So, that's already all fallen back Um my summers in forty five hundred to eight thousand seat outdoor shows so uh, i feel more comfortable that they will happen they might happen at reduced capacities with reduced fee structures but they will probably happen it's interesting because uh... I was talking to two European partners I work with this morning and I'm sitting here canceling my spring and my March and April and they just laid down in April and May tour uh, two acts and the other people are laying down dates. And I said, do you actually think this is going to happen? And they said, uh, no, but we have to give... Uh, hope to the artist, hope to ourselves, hope to the fans, hope to the venues that there's uh, light at the end of the tunnel and uh, um, uh, a, a reason to to, to have hope and, and you can bet that we have backup plans in place that if we have to move it, we're prepared to move it and and those guys are canceling tours for the third and fourth time the guy in germany is just pissed cuz it's like just you know is,
0: is, is does it does it eventually get to a point where you're like okay i i'm not moving it a third time i'm not moving it a fourth time let's just cancel it and sit and wait i mean are there are there agents doing that or they're just like okay let's let's move it to the next hopeful good window
2: Mm, no i think there's people like myself that are just waiting it out i I didn't want to play that game i mean in the states the clubs are open at 50 to 100 people capacity so i couldn't even consider doing any thing so i don't even want to really try a club tour to the falls could we come back sooner than that? Maybe in the summer, but the summer is not a good club touring season because it's festival season. So, but these guys are doing things in the spring and and prepared to move it. And it's like, no, I I don't want to go there. You know, I'm already having to move stuff. You,
0: you don't want to do it, it again night. and again like, and again.
2: Yes, yes. It's like I'll just wait it out and and. Uh, I'll wait and see. So I think people some of these were existing tours and they just keep moving them. I don't think anybody's proactively booking anything.
0: Anything new. So what are the what are the issues that are making basically the the first six to nine months of twenty twenty two not viable? What are still the open issues that need to be addressed and, and dealt with?
2: coronavirus is still ravaging the world. It it's not just a US thing, it's not a Republican democratic thing. So it's
0: are 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 the, you know, because a, a, a lot of people are are saying, well, you know, as soon as the vaccine is here, boom. Is as as an industry are they looking at a vaccine as the 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 golden egg or is there a lot more that has to be dealt with beyond just having a vaccine
2: uh i think the vaccine is the main thing i mean the the bottom line consensus of the whole thing was till we have a vaccine till we can make people feel comfortable coming back out to our venues Uh, And do that by having rapid testing right at the venue so you can take a test and find out before you walk in, Um, uh, ticketless uh, uh, or cashless, cashless ticketing systems. Uh, hand sanitizers, masks, social distancing, till you have all that in place, till people feel comfortable coming into the venue, they will not come. Uh, Certain countries right now, like Germany, has soccer matches open to 11,000 capacity. They're doing 5,000. Australia the same way. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars are open to 17,000. They're doing like seven. So, I mean, till you can make people feel comfortable, Uh, They're not going to come back out. And the biggest problem that we have for our industry, whether it's a political thing or a health thing, uh, we're considered the bad guys. Where are you not supposed to go? You're not supposed to congregate indoors in large capacity venues. Uh, Bars, restaurants, theaters, all that stuff are taboo so right now we as an industry were being portrayed as the bad guys the one thing that you are not supposed to do so uh, the biggest thing they're doing is trying to change all that to make people feel comfortable that they can safely come back out again and um, hopefully have the vaccine in place, but they think they're going to have to have all of that. You're going to have to have the vaccine. You're going to have to be able to distribute the vaccine. You're going to have to have the mask and the hand sanitizers and the cashless systems and all that in place. A lot of the venues are already doing that. So all the venues are being prepared uh, and they're trying things at various levels, but ultimately that's why they're all saying the fall. Because, yeah, we're going to see a vaccine, hopefully, first quarter next year. But then you're going to have to have it. You're going to
0: have, have to, to distribute, distribute it. it. you got to make sure it works.
2: Level, yep. You're going to have to then have people feel comfortable enough to go out. So my opinion has always been that it's going to be a trickle up. Rather than a mass rush out the door and apparently based on what people are doing with the soccer games and the football games, that's the case. But then you have something like Sturgis. I mean, even right now, where they're allowed to do it, there are out, uh, outside shows doing 5,000 uh, Uh, capacity shows with alternative rock bands and classic rock bands and and you can have a discussion as far as that right or is that wrong but you have uh the whole u.s or the whole uh world shut down but you still have little pockets where things are still well
0: you know that that that's a good point because what, what was there some discussion about well the You know, if you're if you're an American, we really can't go anywhere. You know, travel is shut down to so many countries around the world right now. And, you know, we just saw that Canada extended the closing of the border through like the end of November again until basically until we get everything under control here. Is that a big concern as well as, you know, Okay, we the venues in Germany could get their act together but an American band can't go there.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing I found quite interesting that, um, was the guy from Australia, because we always look at Australia as being one of the perfect examples that, as people that did it right. And he said, reality is you can't even book a tour of Australia there are certain states that are banned yep. to travel so you might be able to book Brisbane and Sydney but not be able to go to Auckland uh, and so even in our country you can't book a whole tour and he said our problem especially on like the arena and stadium level is 85 to 90 per we're an island 85 to 90% of our business is international business and right now there are international travel is on lockdown to July of 2021 and they were talking about the fact that they were going to extend that to the end of the year 2021 so so it, uh, se- it
0: seems seems to me <laughs> that then besides um the vaccine being one of the crucial elements, the other almost most crucial element is the borders worldwide have to be open before people like you will even put the effort into putting together any sort of an international tour.
2: Yeah, you can't because there's nothing that you can rely on I mean I've had artists that are trying to go back to Europe to finish recording their records and they can't and you have artists that right now can't go between France and England and if you do then you gotta quarantine and and stuff like that so nothing is easy and uh, the Brits have a whole new reality coming that's not COVID related but Brexit-related, because they're breaking off their mm, cooperation with the EU, so what is that going to do for uh, uh, traveling between countries? Because right now it's open, you can travel anywhere. if they want to crack down on it, you might have to have a work visa to go into every country and pay money to get into every country and, and stuff like that. So that's so, a whole different situation.
0: You know, you, you talked about the rapid testing, social distancing, you know, the, the cleaning, disinfecting of, of arenas and venues. Is that portion of this big hurdle for a lot of these um, venues, promoters, agents to overcome because it seems to me that's a tremendous amount of work. I can't imagine, you know, a 10,000 seat venue, what would have to go into disinfecting that and the the added expense of additional staff and additional um, equipment you've got to buy is that is that a a significant concern amongst everybody?
2: Yes. Yes, and I would say on all levels. I mean, the bigger companies can absorb the cost uh perhaps better than the smaller companies, but I mean, yeah, every venue is going to have to go through this on uh uh some level. I mean the the conference start, started off with an e ticket company uh pitch video a sales pitch and and it was all about uh the whole the whole new process of cashless ticketing um uh systems and, and the world uh, hang hang on my sure. hey Marco I'm on a uh Podcast. Let me call you back in a minute. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the one call I was expecting had a call in the middle of uh, uh, our podcast, but um, the, it's causing the technology revolution. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's getting very creative and very creative. Uh, 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 Innovative as far as how they're going to tackle these because I mean we've never ever had to deal with something like this before so uh, And I think that some things will change forever You know they always talk about us moving to a cashless society well from a ticketing perspective uh, Yeah, I think it's going to get to the point where you're never going to see a ticket again You're just going to walk in and you're going to have a a barcode on your phone or you're going to have something you printed out on your computer and you're going to swipe your barcode and you're never, ever going to give a ticket to somebody and you're never, ever going to exchange cash with somebody. Uh, uh, Part of the whole discussion was on um, how is this going to affect concessions? How are you going to buy concessions at a concert? How are you going to deal with artists catering at a concert?
0: You know, VIP meet and greets.
2: Yes. So I mean, yes, all of this has to uh, be considered. So every aspect of I, 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 our are, are are
0: are they putting forward some potential solutions to those, or are they at a state right now where they just don't have answers yet for some of those?
2: Um
0: because you know from 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 a from a from a fan standpoint you're sitting there going well am I going to be able to walk up to the t-shirt stand and buy a t-shirt or is that all going to be I got to buy it online and have it shipped to me am I going to ever be able to buy a meet and greet and go back and meet a band
2: I think someday that's going to resume, I would think that the merch stand will still exist except you won't be changing money, you will be in a cashless environment, uh, don't know exactly how they will handle the uh, the the meet and greet aspect of it. Uh, uh, you might still be doing the meet-and-greet, but less likely you're ever going to be shaking somebody's hand again uh, or for some time soon.
0: Uh. I mean, because you, you know as well as I do, those two areas, obviously, the fans love, but T-shirt sales and VIP meet-and-greet sales, for many bands, that's where they make their money. That's how yeah. they can afford to stay out on the road. And, you know, we always do joke but it's true it's like you know if you do a good night of merch sales you don't have to sleep in the van tonight you can go get a room at the super eight because you made some money you don't have to eat the cold pizza from the dressing room you can take everybody to denny's and buy a hot meal so i i would imagine for the bands that's that's a significant concern how you know that already their their revenue stream is completely killed because they can't play but even if they can come back and start playing and they can't sell merch or do VIP meet and greets, that could still be a deal breaker for some of these to go out on the road, couldn't it? Yes.
2: Yeah, because I mean the reality is uh, the uh, majority of my artists live off of their merch sales, and if they really want to have a profit center, they do meet and greets. I've never been a big fan of paid meet and greets, but yeah, in today's world, you have to do it to subsidize your touring cost
0: because
2: mm-hmm. it costs so much money uh, uh, to be out on the road. But, I mean, all my international acts, for the most part, uh, they, all their profit is based on their merch because it costs so much money uh, to tour here. I mean, they're all fifteen to $20,000 when they get here.
0: Was there any discussion? Were, were were any merch companies present at the at the conference, and were they talking about how they're hoping to approach it and solve it? No,
2: no, I I, I didn't get into any of that.
0: Um. So, let's 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 talk a little bit about. the new terms and conditions for offers and contracts and riders and insurance that's that's a big area that i think definitely fans don't understand and don't even think about and i think some of these smaller bands don't even think about that first and foremost i mean all they're thinking about is is the venue open and can i get a can I make money doing this? But you mentioned new terms and conditions for offers, contracts, riders, insurance. Fill us in. What, what are these, these new terms and conditions?
2: Well, I would say uh, on a whole, uh, what you have found is a leveling of the playing field. Uh, A lot of the ego and hubris has been taken out of the industry and everybody, agents, artists, managers, promoters, have all come together with uh, the vibe that uh, the only way we're going to come out of this is to come out of this together. So uh, what's to come? Lower guarantees with higher back ends on the deals, uh, more of a we're all in this together uh, mentality, so mm, less greed uh, involved in the equation and people more being more considerate and more compassionate for one another. Uh, lower ticket prices uh, in some cases, Um,
0: Fans will like that.
2: uh, Yeah. Um, mm, uh, New terms and conditions in the contracts in regards to cancellation clauses, force de majeure clauses, Uh, who's responsible if the show gets canceled, Uh, how much of the deposit or the money do you get to keep, do you get to keep any of it, Uh, of course everybody's trying to indemnify one another from what happens if uh, a fan gets sick coming that, to well, a that, concert?
0: Well, that, that, that's, a, that's a big area that I'd lo- love to touch uh, on a little so bit more. The,
2: the promoter's trying to put it on the band, and the band's trying to put it on the promoter, and the reality is when you walk in and when you buy a ticket on the bottom, it's going to say something you know if you if you get covid or you you get sick at our event we're not responsible because you voluntarily came so when you now buy a ticket to come to a concert if you read the fine print you're waiving your rights for any liability if you get sick
0: but are they still having issues getting ins- liability insurance even with that
2: Yes, that's why the insurance brokers were there because you had a whole bunch of people that dropped out of the insurancy and just said, "Oh hell no, we're out of this game." Because there was a, a, a small group of companies that specialized in this kind of insurance, and and when everything went to hell the a few of them just went we're done we're not underwriting this anymore um, um and, and and now they're trying to figure it out um there are still people that will cover it um and I'm But sure I got got, be, got
0: to imagine those those rates must be well, I'm just going to say sky-fi. I'm sure
2: it's be expensive as, as hell I mean uh, uh, the biggest issue for my uh, uh, queen tribute from England is, are we going to be covered if we get sick when we come there? Yeah. you know, And the first thing the insurance companies did was drop that on travel insurance. Uh, that happened in January. So... Will they put it back in? Will they put some kind of rider? If they cover you, you know it's going to be damn expensive. So the the prediction is, yes, eventually they're going to cover you, um, but um, um, how much is it going to be and how is it going to be done? you got the same thing with the festivals. Uh, I read the other day that... Uh, the UK festivals are trying to put the burden on the UK government uh, for ensuring their their concerts. So yeah, it's it's becoming a interesting world as far as who's going to cover what. And
0: well, you uh, know, it it, it it seems to me, and maybe this was something they brought up. Even though your ticket is going to say you're waiving all of your rights we know that unfortunately that doesn't stop somebody to still get a lawyer and and open up a lawsuit they're gonna they're gonna test the 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 limits of that and you know is that is that a concern that even though we're putting it in the tickets we're still gonna somebody's still looking at this as oh my god you know it's not like they're, they're they're looking to sue joe's bar and grill on the corner because there was 25 people in there they're probably looking at live nation aeg you know the deep pockets any lawyer i would imagine is going not any lawyer but there's going to be a lawyer that's going to go oh, yeah. i'm looking forward to trying that one and see what can happen because if we win as a lot of zeros
2: oh yeah yeah there's going to be a lot of frivolous lawsuits so they're all putting protections in i mean i'm sure they've already experienced some of this with some of the shows that are happening now So uh, I'm I'm sure that's one of the protections that they will be putting in place.
0: So what are you seeing um, people doing now, whether it's bands or agents? I mean, since last March, obviously last March, people immediately jumped on, well, let's just start live streaming. But I think last March, people were like, well, let's just live stream. Because we'll be out of this in three months. We'll be out of this by the end of the year. How are people looking at this now in, in reinventing their business, knowing this could be another 18 months before we're fully out of this?
2: I, I think that's the first thing is first to accept the reality that we're not going to be doing anything to the fall could possibly be longer than that so how do we keep ourselves our artists our industry alive in the meantime Uh, and people are reinventing themselves uh, uh, restructuring their business models restructuring their plans for the future, trying to be creative and innovative and trying to think out of the box and trying to figure out where do we go in the future and what is our future uh going to look like they've come to the reality that we can't sit on our hands and wait for our government to save our ass. We have to save ourselves because our governments worldwide don't care about us. So if we want to save ourselves, we better figure out how the hell we're going to do it and we better do it now. And that's what uh, uh, people are doing, uh, exploring new uh, how can we make money? I mean, uh, how can we reinvent ourselves? So they're trying all kinds of things. Uh, they've tried the um, drive-in concert model. They've decided that the drive-in concert mo- model is not financially viable. So will it survive? No, it's a stopgap measure. Um, that- yeah, but, you know, is <laughs> it,
0: it, it's, it's the reality... Until you can put full capacity back in, nothing's going to be financially viable. I mean, it seems to me that's part of the issue here is if if you still have to only play to 25 or 50 percent capacity, um, is anything going to be financially viable for the venue, for the promoter, for the band? Because you're just playing with a much smaller pile of money. Mm
2: that was part of the discussion okay if you take an arena act that is our used to having their big huge stage production and you're at half capacity are you gonna scale down your show do you scale down your show to the reality that we live in today and yeah I think that's going to happen I mean the deals are being restructured so and And uh, nobody knows what's going to happen. So people are going to be real conservative uh, with how they're going to do things. Um.
0: How um, is is the world of live streaming and now potentially um, ticketed live streaming? Is that seen as a viable solution for the next year?
2: Yes, uh, live streaming is something that they feel is here to stay, Um, everybody in the industry is trying to figure out the best way to do it and the best way to monetize it, but they felt that streaming is definitely going to be here uh, for the future, pretty much forever, it will... now reside alongside of live Um, um, the main thing they've been trying to figure out how to do is to monetize it and and there's been different different ways that they've done it Um, and uh, some acts have done real real well with it I mean some of the younger metal bands are playing for 10, 20, 30 hundred thousand people uh, because you you have the ability to play for a worldwide audience which is a wonderful opportunity but the question is how do you make money off of it Uh, uh, one of my artists uh, did the Monsters of Rock Cruise and did the Wacken festival stream streaming shows I haven't had a chance to uh, pick their brain and find out, okay, how did it work out and how do you get paid and how many people do you actually get to play for and is it podcasts later? Uh, but I I didn't see the Wacken Cruise but I saw the or the Wacken show, but I saw the Monsters show and it was very well done. And so I mean people are getting creative on how they uh, They can do it, uh, and it's becoming uh, a very viable uh, revenue source. Uh, As I put in my email, Danny Wilmer uh, presents the next phase. It's going to be pay for view, and uh, Danny Wilmer presents, uh, who books the majority of all the major rock shows in in the U.S., uh, rock festivals, I'm sorry, in the U.S. Uh, They've recently rebranded, and I don't remember what they changed their names to, but it was uh, the Northern Invasion in Somerset, the uh, Charlotte Rebellion, the Loud Festival in Chicago, Chicago. uh, Rock on the Range in Columbus. They have one in Texas. They have the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento. Well, one of the things they're now going to do for all their festivals is they will do a pay-for-view. They will film all their festivals, do a pay-for-view of the festival, and share the revenue stream with the artists.
0: That's that's awesome, because I can I can tell you as a fan Uh, There's a lot of festivals. I can't get to the festivals. I got a family. I got a young kid, stuff like that. But I sure would pay a fair fair price to watch it. You know, and, and it seems to me that's an incredible revenue stream that's just sitting out there waiting to be tapped into. So, okay, you can draw some people to the live event, but you can potentially draw even more people to a pay-per-view event.
2: Well, if you can imagine taking Sweden Rock or Hellfest or yep. Head or any of our worldwide festivals and making it a live paid for view so somebody in Japan or South America can be live at Sweden Rock without having to go to Sweden to see it. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a uh, Viable revenue stream. Um, uh, one of their uh, uh, e- examples for why why it could exist. You might you might have a band that wants to drop a new single, or you have a band that wants to uh, has a particular message at a point in time that they want to get out or they want to test some new material or things like that. That's why they think that the live streaming will never go away because it's a a new medium to be able uh, to interact with your audience and drop new material on. So it's just another way to connect with your audience on a regular basis. Um, One of the guests was Halsey. Uh, and uh, I don't know exactly what she was doing, but Danny Wilmer was praising for how well she has done and stayed engaged with their fans, because she's doing duets with other people. She's streaming shows. She's she created some kind of organization. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what it was, but she's been staying engaged with everybody because those were things that came up is uh, how do you keep your band and crew together how do you keep your office staff together and connected uh, and uh, how do you keep connected with your fans and for the promoters you got this whole day a whole huge database of all the people that have ever come to your shows. How do you stay connected with these people when you're not going to be doing anything for a a year? So that was a real important part of the whole conversation, and everybody's trying to figure out how do we do this. You know, you're used to selling them tickets. Well, you're not going to be selling them tickets. uh, Uh... So how are you going to stay engaged? Oh, we'll we'll let them uh, uh, we'll stream one of our past conference uh, concerts for free for them. Uh, uh, The venues are starting to do streaming performance from the venue. So I mean. one of the key components was communication. Communication is more important than ever. So more video conferencing, more picking up the phone, less email, more more contact with one another. So there's a lot of real good things that are coming out of all this. And I think the future is going to be really great, but uh, we definitely got... Delta body blow that we're dealing with. No, oh, so for yeah, sure. Everybody, everybody's positive. That, uh, everybody's trying to. Be, we're all going through hell, but the the
0: we're going through it together.
2: Well, that was the whole key, and they talked about there's groups like uh, different, uh, like uh, Neva, the uh, the people that are doing the Save Our Stages, the national. Uh, all the all the talent buyers in the U.S. all the club all the independent clubs got together and created an organization and they were talking about uh, uh, how comforting and, and reassuring it was to be able to just reach out and talk to other people that were going through the same thing and could understand and 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 it it, it was. Uh, the communication was the outlet and the way out of this rather than sitting there in your own shell. Uh, they they found they were participating in more things, reaching out, being more involved and staying connected more than they had been.
0: So before we wrap here, um, one area that I'd love to see if, if they had any discussion about, because you brought up the Monsters of Rock crews, what's the how is the industry looking at the continuation of these cruise festivals that go on is is that something they think is going to return as quickly as the arenas opening up or is that a whole different issue dealing with cruise ships
2: no i think it will be a similar situation i mean uh Instead of getting tested to get into a concert venue, you're going to be tested getting on the boat, and I would imagine somehow they will, I don't know if they would test you going into certain venues or not. A lot of that is parties around the pool, so it's going to be a little hard walking around the pool testing, but I would imagine they would control that uh when they uh embark when they let you on the boat, and if you stop anywhere and they let you off the boat, they will test you when you get back on the boat again uh, the cruises uh was not a topic of discussion uh, <laughs> I noticed one of my European partners had uh seventy thousand ten tons uh, of metal twenty twenty one so uh, I don't know what that meant, and I didn't get a chance to look to well, see. Well, you know, it's... it's it is, because it's normally January or February, and it's like, meh. Nah, well, nah. you know, I was
0: just going to say, because, you know, g- normally it's like February when the Monsters of Rock cruise goes out. This year it's going to... and Next year it's going to happen again, but it's not going to be on a cruise ship. It's going to be on land somewhere in the Bahamas or Rio or something like that. So you're basically just going to a resort. You're not going to be on a oh. ship.
2: <laughs> a cruise on the beach. Well that that's that.
0: exactly it. You're cruising on land. So, you know, I I I I've got to, you know, give a shout out to the people behind the monsters of rock cruise because they, you know, they were one of the first people out there who was like, "Okay, last March this we're shutting down. We're going to start the whole live streaming which you mentioned earlier. One of your your clients works on, but you know they've been constantly streaming. They've been they've been selling tickets to some of the streams. They've moved the cruise from a boat to a resort. I think that's the sort of innovative thinking out of the box that everybody is looking for.
2: And and I think that that's what it's going to take. I, I mean, for me, it's been. Uh... Very, very encouraging to see how creative people are going to be. I mean, you can't keep a good man down, and as I keep telling everybody, you can't kill rock and roll. We've been dealt a uh, body blow, but you're not ever going to knock us out. Oh know, no, no, you're not. You're, you're,
0: you're never going to knock it. out the the desire for somebody to perform live, and you're never going to knock out the desire for the fans to listen to i'm not saying go to a live venue but at least listen to live music they want they want it so it's just a matter of figuring out how to do it how to deliver it and and as as you said how do you monetize it you can sure do all the free shows you want over the internet but at some point in time you got to start covering the costs that you put in even though those costs are going to potentially be significantly smaller than going out on a tour there's still costs
2: well and that's a different kind of cost I mean uh I don't know exactly where they do it but I know Monsters and Wacken have two studios in Burbank yep uh but I mean it's to, uh, to open up a studio, to have the camera crew and, and uh, all that, uh, and, and to be able to stream it live—no, there's there's a lot of time, effort, and money that goes into it to uh, try it to even see if it works—and they didn't, uh, they didn't. Uh, half asset. They. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, how pref- uh, professional it was uh, and how well done it was. I mean, just like anything, they're experimenting and you learn and live as you go. So it was in- interesting because I mean, one of my artists has been doing live streaming shows from their their studio and the and and you have to learn. Just like somebody like Stephen Colbert, there's no audience, so at the end of the song, you're expecting the applause or something, and there's nothing but dead air, so uh, uh, the artist has to learn to overcome that and and deal with it, and with the, the artist in the studio, they just learn to talk more to the audience it was unique seeing the band on stage rocking out and then they end the song
0: but and it's quiet uh, between songs yeah,
2: <laughs> and then you're waiting for the guy the lead singer didn't say any to thing till after the third or fourth song and then it's like yeah you kind of thing and it's like yeah that's got to be fun yeah to nobody but yeah you, you just hope there's hundreds of thousands of people out there watching you but I was impressed cuz they uh, the people doing the technology they they eventually would fade in and fade out so you would have uh, some kind of graphics going on in between songs so you didn't see the artists getting stuck in dead air just he, yep
0: oh. see- it it see- it seems to me that artists are going to learn have to learn how to perform differently for a live stream than a live audience performance because a live audience performance you leave room in between songs in certain areas for audience response that's built in that's what you want let me all hear you cheer you know back and forth all of that stuff you can't do that in a live stream so to your your example you just gave you can't have dead time between songs because it literally is just dead air it's that's what it becomes artists are going to have to learn how to tighten up shows when they're live streaming versus a live audience when they can open it up a little bit and give it more room
2: well the other thing that's real hard is they all live off of the energy yes of their they audience. feed off it And that's not there. So you're just performing for this camera, but you have to do it with the enthusiasm without looking phony, uh, like you're playing in front of 10,000 people and, and not a cameraman yeah it's it, uh, so we it, have it, to learn how to adjust to that kind of sight it's it's, it's
0: kind of interesting because what we're talking about is I mean you know as well as I do the major acts before they go out on a major tour might spend a week doing live dress rehearsals, which is just yeah. that they're on stage it's completely empty other than their crew, but they're doing the full show like there's an audience there. they understand that. But when you're playing a two-week club tour in the U.S., you don't do live dress rehearsals. You just want to make sure your guitar isn't broken and your, and your marshal is plugged in. You know, So all of a sudden, live dress rehearsals become part of every artist's career now.
2: Well, that's the thing, and when they do their live dress rehearsals, they're in a theater or an arena, so they're playing to a 10,000-empty arena, so they're used to playing on a big, huge stage in front of nobody. Yep. So it's a little easier to adjust to it because you've practiced it. You've done it before. And it doesn't shock you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. uh, uh, uh,
2: The last thing you want to do is look like the deer in the headlights going, Now what do we do? We're in between songs.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, Dean, this was great. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your notes with me first and then sit down with us and kind of just give us the state of touring in, you know, fall of 2020. And I guess it seems like, you know, let's hold our breath and cross our fingers that fall of next year, does open up like everybody's hoping it doesn't seem like it's going to doesn't seem like it's going to be before then though
2: to a to a small extent i mean i i hope that things will start to come back to the uh, life in the spring you know i mean we'll have to see what happens if we can get a not not big touring but i i mean i would hope that my European partners club dates in, uh, in April and May will hold. I would like to see some of my club tours start in May or June uh, rather than October. Uh, I think you have uh, a better shot of like the 500 capacity and uh, less opening up sooner than the bigger tours. So, I mean, most of what we're talking about for the fall is like the 1,000-plus capa- indoor capacity. Right. Type yeah,
0: it, you know, I, I think so, what we so, can— well, the
2: world resume before that? Yes. Yes, yeah, so I was there. just
0: going to say, I think we can, we can expect this to open in— in stages small stages to bigger stages basically yeah you know and we're already seeing it now you know you 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 can go out and do a one-off show in this state Um, there might definitely be restrictions but you can do one-off shows and you know the next stage is hopefully hoping that you could put together a decent run of shows within one country and you know small capacity but within one country and then the next stage from there is, okay, you can cross borders and go into another country. And ultimately, we hope that that final stage is, yeah, you're, you're doing a 10,000-seat arena. You could sell 10,000 tickets.
2: Well, that's the thing, too. We can get back to full capacity. Uh, we won't be back to where we need to be. Uh, as you mentioned earlier... Uh, Unless you're at a certain capacity, for some people it doesn't make sense because like the performing arts centers, uh, they they have to be at 70% to just break even. So if you're at 70% to just break even, if you're at anything less than that, it doesn't even pay to open up. And it almost doesn't pay till uh, to open up till you can get back to like ninety or hundred percent, so you can actually make some kind of profit. And and you'll see that along the the line, the cl- the clubs will be able to open first, and then the the thousand to twenty five hundred seaters, and then the arenas will start opening up. and 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 they might uh, be at at. Uh, reduced capacities and you will see um, artists scale down their shows to play reduced capacity venues and stuff like that and everybody will kind of work their way back up to where they were Um, and that will be based on what what people can afford to do and can they scale down their show uh, What I'm saying is you might see a 5,000 selling out uh, artist that will play a 3,500-seater or something like that. So so you will see people scale down if they can afford to do it and they can figure out how to do it because, I mean, the way it works is – we're not all just greedy bastards. The guarantee is based upon what your costs are. So if you're going to take out this huge stage production, uh, then no, it's not going to work. But if you can reduce your cost and scale down, then then yeah, you'll see artists... Uh, doing that and the uh, artists that are playing 1500 uh, seat venues will play thousands and, and 800 seaters and and stuff like that and people might look at doing two or three days in a venue instead of playing uh, an arena so sure, we'll see but
0: uh, yeah we'll be back we'll be back at some point you <laughs> know wear your mask and social distance help us get there <laughs> Um, Dean, uh, where can people find you on the Internet if they want to track you down for business or questions?
2: www.paramourgroup.com.
0: And that's P-A-R-A-M-O-U-R group.com com. Dean, lovely. once again, always, always a pleasure speaking with you. Incredible insights. Um, you know, this is news that a lot of people don't want to hear but it's time to get your head out of the sand and you got to accept the reality and this is where we are and let's do what we can together to to get things back open
2: uh, nobody wants to hear it but it's nice to know what the reality is so you can deal with it Uh, uh, it was I mean this is the same thing that I predicted in March. Yep. So I mean, all this really did was reinforce what I said in March. Uh, nice to know that I wasn't crazy. Do I like to <laughs> see that I'm right? No. No. Wish you were. You wish you, you wish you were
0: crazy. wrong. But yep
2: So uh, I'll, I'll live with that aspect of it. But uh, I take comfort in the fact that yeah, uh, I'm not the only one. Uh, uh, we're all in the same boat, but uh, everybody's holding their head up high and 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 uh, is confident that we're going to come out of it together. But uh, 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 it's going to be bloody, and not all, all not all of us are going to survive. It's the, yeah, uh, that that and as that, that, as that,
0: that yeah, mean, that's a sad fact. But yes, uh-huh. we, we we will come. We some of us will come out of it on the other end shows will return just don't uh you know especially if you're a fan shows are you know tours when i say shows i mean full tours are not returning january 1 it's just not going to happen and it's and it's it's questionable whether it's even going to be june of next year
2: Yeah, but uh, we shall see.
0: We you shall know, see. Well, you know what? Come back. Uh, well, we'll for, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 get we'll next year. We'll, well, yeah, we'll get an update uh, after the first of the year and see how things are now looking for twenty twenty one.
2: Well, I I, I I take heart in the fact that everybody's positive in the fact that uh, business will resume as usual. Uh, Everybody's being real creative and real in, innovative and real supportive of one another. So, I mean, to me, uh, uh, in, in some ways, I see it as a good thing, not the way we ever wa- would have wanted to have it happen, but I kind of see a death of... Uh, Uh, the corporate world and the rise of the independence again and I've never been a fan of corporate uh, world anyway and the monopolization of our industry and and that's exactly what uh, I see happening Uh, the major agencies have have started splintering uh, those agents have left and started their own companies or have gotten together with other agents that have left. And uh, it's uh, it's the cycle of death and rebirth. And we always go through this, uh, venues go out of business, promoters go out of business, bands break up. But there's always the, the Phoenix always rises yep. from ashes so so yes we're uh, a lot of venues are not going to survive a lot of people sadly are going to go out of
0: but uh, but but i you know i i like people will come back i was gonna say i like to believe that yeah if if your favorite venue doesn't survive somebody else at some point will come in and take over that venue and try and revive it new owners new name new whatever i mean we that that's just the the life cycle of venues they come and go all the time this is just condensed and much quicker yeah
2: we've never we've never seen it on a scale scale like
0: this it's, worldwide
2: it's, you see it on a a, you know a a market loses its uh, economy for whatever so cities rise and fall and the venues rise and fall uh, as that happens but you've never seen a mass assault on our venues worldwide and part of that is going to depend on how do our governments stand up and defend this, and do they care right now? And and each country's different. Some companies, like uh, uh, countries, excuse me, I mean uh, in Europe, I think some of the people I was talking to, they're uh, they're they're paying their salaries, their unemployment on uh, through like June uh, 2021. So I mean, some of these countries just went. This is screwed up. We know it's going to be screwed up for a real long time. So instead of going back uh, every couple months and reassessing the thing, let's just pass this bill and we're going to protect people for like a next year and a half. Uh, uh, Other countries aren't doing anything. Uh, We have certain bills in, in front of our government right now, and depending on uh, how they respond to that will depend on uh, um, how how many people survive. Yep. Of course, uh, you know. So we shall see. And and the sad thing about it is it, it it shouldn't be rocket science. If bars and restaurants are the problem from the virus perspective, and you expect people to close for the benefit of all of us, then you have to pay them to do that. People will take the hit for the betterment of all, but they're not going to lose their ass. They're not going to go bankrupt for you, so if you're going to expect them to close their Uh, doors and take one for the team then you have to pay them not just pay their people but pay their expenses so that they can pay their bills to stay closed and take one for the team if you don't want to help them then it's not going to work then they're just gone yep that's that's not fair and that's not realistic
0: well, Dean, this, like I said, great look at the state of Turing fall of 2020. Let's circle back and check on the state of touring first quarter of next year and see how things are looking. I mean, this this is, you, you know, as well as I do and many listeners, everything's changing on a daily basis. I mean, you know, we're dealing with a virus that doesn't follow any rules, has no agenda other than to spread. So everything changes daily.
2: Well, that's the thing. And right now, as they always say, we're playing whack-a-mole because uh, everything, you, every time you think you got to tap down, it rises somewhere else, yep. and 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 it's it's all over the world. So the European countries were doing great, and now they're all back locking down again. So yeah, it's it, it's whack-a-mole, and none of us can plan anything as long as we're playing that game so
0: yep exactly dean have yourself a great day thank you for sharing this insight with us i i know for me it was very helpful it was good to know and i hope the listeners feel the same way well thank you
2: very much Uh, i enjoyed being back and hope to see you again soon
0: great DiscMakers.com. Use code FreeBiz for ground shipping on CD orders of a hundred units or more, hundred and fifty dollar value. Dean was a wealth of information, um, and 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 I guess I should add <laughs> because Jay wasn't in the interview. Jay had had a client issue he had to deal with. But Jay was aware, because this is all based off of uh, an email that Dean had sent us with a recap. Yeah, and that's all this, right. So you know exactly what he said. Um, yeah. it, it's so it,
1: timely right now. This, so this conversation is so, I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show that, you know, we had talked to Jess Furman, and that was one of the best shows ever, and you got to have a notepad, and there was so much. This is other hot topic today is... Are we, you know, when are we gonna tour again? You know, when, you know, and what I love about this is, you know, Dean, by going to that virtual convention uh, this year, he's talking to all the people that are in the know, all the people that know what's going on at the venues, what's going on with touring. And this is really the lifeblood of our industry because everything kind of grows from that, whether it's merch sales, music sales, fan acquisition, Touring is the lifeblood of all of this. It's so important.
0: Yeah. And you know, and you know, the 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 end takeaway, you know, like I said, not necessarily something we all want to hear, but you know, yeah. don't hold your breath that tours, bigger tours, international tours, are going to be happening even summer of next year. You know, the the basic takeaway is they're Much more optimistic fall of 2021 will we start seeing touring return? There's so many unknowns that still have to be addressed. I mean, in the conversation I even brought up, I'm like, well, what about merch sales and VIP meet and greets? Has that even been discussed? Not really. I mean, you know, I said, were there any merchandisers at your event talking about how are they going to deal with selling merchandise? at an arena is that even going to be feasible to do if you're going to go cashless and you're trying to do social distancing when possible Mm -hmm. you know as well as i do merch stands are a herd cattle call that's right is it like okay if you want a t-shirt you buy it online it's not being sold at venues anymore you don't buy your tour book at. i don't know And they don't know yet. That's the whole point. That's so
1: hard because those are souvenirs. It's not almost about the shirt. It's about that's the shirt I got at that show. Yeah. And there's an emotional attachment to that. And you're absolutely right. Where does it get the, the most crowded is right around that merch
0: table. Right at the merch. And he's, you know, he brought up, he's like, we don't, how do we do concessions? How do you do concessions at an arena? You know, again, People crowd around to stand in line and get their beer. Yeah, you know these are things that have yet to be answered, the, and, yeah. and the industry sort of has to come up with the solution for this. They know the, they know a lot of the the restrictions and requirements that are being put upon them, but they got to figure out how to do this and how to do oh, this hell. affordably, so they can still put on a show. Yeah, so there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot there's a lot of unknowns still here, people, and you know, and again, it's you know the basic takeaway is we got to have a vaccine, and not just the vaccine, but it's got to be widely distributed to everybody. It doesn't and matter people have to take it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter if February there's a vaccine. If you can't get it, they're not going to be touring. Yeah. We have to deal with things like borders being closed. As an American. You can't basically go anywhere in the world. When does that change? Yeah. If you have to go somewhere and you get, have to quarantine for 14 days, does that make a tour even viable? Right. Lots of unknowns. And, and basically that's why 2020 is, is a complete wash. Tours are not happening this year. And there he said you know festivals they're, they're in place for next summer we'll see but it's sort of like we'll see not too sure if you're in fall yeah. you're much better off
1: right and it's not going to be just like on a thursday okay everything's back to normal we're good this is going to take time. There's going to be a gradual ramp up. There are going to be some regional tours, regional dates, some festivals. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to learn new things. You know, there's, you know, drive-in shows. There's in a bubble, you know, these shows where people are all in these bubbles. There's going to be smaller socially distanced things. We're going to gradually build our way back up to that new abnormal.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's basically what he's saying. You know, we'll be taking smaller steps to get there. I mean, he did mention the, the, the drive-in concerts and the takeaway was, um, they're not a, a financially viable solution. They're that's short-term. It's a short-term solution. So don't look for something like that to stay around because you just nobody's making money doing that. But it it is a short-term solution. But yes, you know that's what we could have here. Is all of a sudden, all right. You can open up enough to do a 3 week tour in the US but you can't go internationally you can't go to South America you know there's so many factors that are in yeah. their con- in in there the industry's control and out of the industry's control you know one of one of the yeah. things he mentioned you know rapid testing the ability to have an arena literally not do a temperature check when you walk in the door but test you and get that result within minutes to allow you to enter.
1: Yeah, it's a whole new world, man.
0: It's a whole new world. So, uh, you know, amazing insight from Dean. Um, this is one I would suggest you listen to a couple times. And, and as we talked about at the end of it, I think Dean will probably be back, old oh, January, to give us yet another state of touring. Awesome update how do things now look now that it's 2021 what's changed again because this is changing every day but a very important episode um hope you enjoyed it hope you found it helpful i'm sure you probably didn't like the news but hopefully you found it very helpful um if you did find it helpful how about subscribing to us on youtube or follow us on Spotify. Or subscribe and leave a review and rating on iTunes. Share some of that love back. Tell people how, how beneficial this episode was. It would mean a lot to us. Um, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We're out of here. See everybody next week.